though, in the first two quarters of the softball game on uh, Saturday, Tech put up 14 and then seven. I mean, that's, that's pretty good, right? For two quarters, you got 21 points. Are you sure you're not looking at the box score from the spring football game? Sounds like uh, a very football game box score. 14 I don't and know. Seven. I mean, it says we scored 28. I mean, that that's a normal football score. Yeah, that's like right? four touchdowns, I think. Yeah, we, we got a couple a out of practice. <laughs> we got a couple of field goals in the fourth and fifth. Wait, fifth quarter. What is that? Do they mean overtime? I, I don't see why it would go to overtime. We were up 20. We were up 25 to two at that point. But I mean, I, I guess I, I don't know. Well, these games were being played in Monroe. So things get weird in Monroe. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe, you know, they drank the water or something. I don't, we probably have listeners <laughs> in Monroe. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Write in and tell us how the water is in Monroe. uh, I had a very weird experience in in Monroe when I was at Tech. I was driving home for the Super Bowl um, when the Saints were playing in the Super Bowl. I wanted to watch it with my family. Yeah. Um, And I was, you know, I had my roommate who was from Slidell and then a couple, uh, a guy from from Covington as well. And our car broke down just past uh, Monroe. And so my roommate called his mom. His mom called one of their friends that lived in West Monroe. So we we had to wait with my car and they took it to this junkyard that was like the most like bumpkin ass, like country, just like scrapyard, like mostly mud with like some broke down ass cars in it. And uh, then we and had that to was wait. the main campus of ULM. <laughs> Damn, that's good. We should just end it there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's just the two of us this week, but we have some good news. The men won two games in basketball. The women won one, which is improvement. Hey, yeah. The softball team has not yet lost because their game against ULL was not yet final. And the baseball team is undefeated. This was a pretty good week. Yeah, honestly, I mean, uh, one texter's loss and... I mean, maybe the bowling team didn't perform as as like they finished 10th in their tournament, but it was a tournament with all the best teams in the country. So I don't know that I'm even mad about that. Pretty weird. You know, if you look at like some of the main sports here, we went kind of like, what, 13 and one. Not bad. Especially when you think about the attitude we had on the show last week going into this week with, you know, basketball, the men's team coming off two losses, the women's team coming off two losses. Uh, softball, the first weekend series had been rained out, so we hadn't even seen that team play. And then we had also learned that the baseball games wouldn't be streaming. We were not very happy going into last yeah. week, but winning cures everything. And I'm I'm more okay with everything in the state of the world now, I guess. I mean, also, I got to listen to Dave Nitz for like 14 hours this weekend, so that's great. Uh, wish I had you know gotten to see it along with his voice, but uh, you know, I can't be that mad when I've spent that much time with uh, with our our world-class announcer in his 50th year of calling Louisiana Tech sports. Final. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can, man. Like yeah, he's one of the silver lining to the lack of ESPN plus streaming games. It's that you are forced to listen to one of the best broadcasters that has ever done it. Yeah. Hopefully next year when, when Dave Nitz has retired, I mean, shout out to Malcolm Butler, who I'm sure will take over. He's very good at his job as well, but you know, hopefully they'll figure out the ESPN plus thing then because I won't have, well, at least I get to listen to Dave Nitz, you know, yeah, to fall back on. But um, I mean, he doesn't really need to be calling baseball games anymore. You can just like just chilling in his house, reading books. I would listen to that. 
Yeah, that's true. Just get him on the podcast and have him say random words. <laughs> Doesn't even matter. I'll just, I'll just enough listen. to fill out like one of those deep fake audio <laughs> generators and just still have him call the games. Yeah. Uh, you want to start, you want to start with baseball? You want to start with basketball? Let's start with basketball. Let's, let's talk about the games that if you were listening to on the radio, it would have been Malcolm Butler calling two wins this week over Jacksonville state and Florida international, both at the tack. Both of these teams were opponents that tech had beat earlier in the year. And what do you know? They beat them again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's much to say here. Uh, Daniel Bacho sat out both games, uh, dealing with some kind of a, a sort of minor injury is my understanding, you know, I don't have much to say. We beat Jacksonville State by five, but if you look at the win expectancy, it's kind of never lower than what, like 85% that Tech is going to win? Yeah. It got to 84.5% right at the beginning of the game. Um, so even there at the end when when it kind of got closer than maybe it should have, it wasn't that bad. I mean, the things that jump out to me here, Terry Miller is named the MVP of the game by Ken Palm. Um, so, you know, shout out to him getting that start in, uh, in Bacho's place, getting 17 points on seven for eight from the field, only two assists, which I feel like is, is kind of weird for him, but you know, a pretty solid all around performance, um, from him in, in spelling Bacho. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You got anything else to add here? Other than that, Sean Newman played in the first game, did not play in the second. He was injured during that first game, uh, Mm. I was listening to this part on the radio uh, driving back from work because the game's a little bit early for me. And the way Malcolm Butler made it sound was that there was concern that his head hit the ground. Mm. Um, there was concern of concussion. Apparently, they were looking at his eye, I believe his right eye. And so there was some concern, right? I mean, in this game, technically wins it by five and we're down two of our starters. Yeah. Uh, and they find a way to win. They find a way to beat FIU. Although, I mean, we proved in Miami that's not all that difficult for us for some reason. But <laughs> From what we've heard, Sean Newman is kind of day-to-day. I kind of expect him to play in this Thursday game uh, against UTEP, but even if he doesn't, it's not like he's gone for the year. Bacho, I believe, is in the same sort of category. They're both expected back pretty soon. Whether that means this next game or not, who knows? But Tech found a way to win both these games without their best players, and I think that that is super important. Yeah, we still had Isaiah Crawford, right? We still had Chavez hitting threes, but... Bacho and also Sean Newman play a huge part in our game. I think Sean Newman goes under the radar a lot, even though he plays the oh, one. Yeah. Um, he's the, I mean, he's the, he's the engine, right? He's the guy they brought to media days because he was the guy that represents the team. And without him on the, out there on the court, I expected, I kind of expected if you told me that neither of these two players would have played full games for either of these games, I would have thought we would have lost one of them just kind of somehow, but we yeah. didn't, we found a way to win both. It, and honestly, I mean, like I said, Terry Miller is the only thing that really stands out. However, looking at the box score, you know, defensively, you've got Kiki Tandy, who's still the leading scorer in the uh, in the conference. He's averaging, let's see, I've got it pulled up, 17.96 points per game. Uh, held him to a season low seven points in this game. I mean, in a game that we win by five, that's huge, right? This is a guy that... I mean, he's putting up an average of 18 points a game. He only shot six times from the or nine times from the field, 0 for three from three and two for six from two. I mean, way to just shut him down, dude. Like yeah. he had as many turnovers as he had makes in the game. That's and it is two. Like he didn't have a lot of turnovers either, but you know, he he was just completely held in check. Um, by you're absolutely right. I mean, we've got we've got guys here in the starting lineup that 
aren't our starters, right? We've got Terry Miller. We've got Devin remaking a start. He's been kind of borderline starting these past few games, but, and then Sean Newman goes down with an injury, only plays 14 minutes, but I mean, way to go from like everybody here. Jordan Crawford plays 23 minutes. Stravon Mangum steps up for 21. Will Allen even getting in on the action to spell Terry Miller. So, I mean, for Jacksonville state to not be able to do anything against us, like, with our missing pieces like that is really impressive and i think it shines heavily on talvin hester as at coaching we forced 19 turnovers in that game against uh, jacksonville state and he even mentions in the post-game presser the way that they handled uh kiki tandy was by mixing up matchups on him and just kind of throwing different people covering him throughout the game so that way you always had someone with fresh legs on the guy who can get going and so they were able to keep him from getting into a rhythm. And that's what you know kept Jacksonville State from causing an upset. They very well could have in this game. Yeah. And then, of course, the FIU game on Saturday was a basketball game. Yeah. I mean, it was a little closer than last time. We'll say that. Way to go, FIU. Uh, you, you did better. <laughs> you know, Arturo Dean did get a steal this time. So he didn't the first time against us. Uh, got his revenge with three in this game, which is a, a pretty nice uh, total. But, I mean, this is another game that Tech really controlled the whole way. FIU came on strong late to make it a, a single single possession game, or not single-digit game, excuse me, 75-68 to 68 is your final. But, I mean, if you look at, like, Isaiah Crawford's scoreline here, you know, he's, he's just a machine, man. He's 24 points on, God, 4 for 5 from 2 and 3 for 3 from 3. So he missed one shot and one free throw the entire game. Love to see him take some more shots if he's shooting like that. But yeah. uh, add to that an assist, 6 rebounds, 4 blocks, 2 steals. I mean, you're missing your other sort of, you know, 1A, 1B. You're missing 1B. For, for 1A, Isaiah Crawford to step up like that and perform, you know, to that level is just, it's elite. Because you could lose a game where you're missing two of your starters. Right. I mean, you're missing Sean Newman with the head injury, like you mentioned, you're missing Bacho as well. It would be easy to say like, okay, yeah, we beat him by 40 in their house two weeks ago, but circumstances are different. And I think last year's team would have lost a game like this. I'm sure we did. Yeah. And this this year's team, I mean, the depth and like you said, Nathan, the coaching, it's really showing up and it's it's great to see. And it's buy in from the players into the coaching as well. I think that's one of the reasons we see this huge turnaround this year with Dalvin Hester is because the players on this team believe in him as a leader, and that allows that allows a coach to have a much easier job, uh, and and allow yeah. this kind of two game victory uh, this week. Of course, coming up, we play another couple of opponents that we've already played this year. I guess for the rest of the year, we're just repeating teams that we've already faced, but we travel westward from Ruston to El Paso on Thursday, February 22nd, and Las Cruces, New Mexico, Saturday, February 24th. Ooh, man, I hope that they eat at, there's like a place in Las Cruces that makes really fucking good enchiladas. I hope they eat there. Um, I hope it, they don't eat at the random truck stop we stopped in in 2014 <laughs> on the way back from the uh, Conference USA basketball tournament in El Paso because the band bust there from Ruston. Got barbecue at a truck stop and everyone got sick. Yikes. Hope they don't go there. Don't even know where it was. Could not find it. There's like 800 miles of I-10 and yeah. or 20 or whatever in Texas. So good luck. Yeah. UTEP. I mean, like you said, we played these teams already, so we don't need to go super in depth. But 
you know, what stands out to me is defensively, they caused the most turnovers in the nation, 26.2% turnover percentage. Um, that's number one out of what, 363 or whatever. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little scary. Tech has had problems with turnovers. We're number 309 offensively and turning the ball over. Um, and UTEP's average is about seven percentage points higher than our, <laughs> than our turnover percentage. So, um, yeah, I mean, we definitely want to watch out for that. They're also number one in steals, um, too. So, and it's, if I recall from last time, it's not just one guy; it's kind of their whole roster that'll try to try to get in there with active hands and uh, and press you um, to force uh, mistakes and turnovers. So, hopefully, that won't be an issue, but we will see. Tech was able to avoid the steals for the most part last time, but 19 turnovers allowed is the third most by the Bulldogs this season. Yeah, 14 point victory at home um on january 25th 68 to 54 uh this was a game that bacha was was huge in so uh he had a double double 19 points 12 rebounds seven blocks i remember that yeah <laughs> seven blocks in one game this man almost had a triple double off blocks <laughs> uh, that's incredible um uh, maybe so if they had stolen the ball more there would have been more opportunities for more blocks yeah that's true they only had 11 steals which feels like a lot <laughs> um so hopefully bacho's back i mean that's kind of the main thing for me i haven't really had time to keep up with you know the forums and stuff to see how he's doing but you know it sounded to me more like it was a uh a precautionary thing last week more so than a like he's definitely out and can't play but i don't i don't really know that for sure right then next up tech will travel just down the road to new mexico state play this game at the Pan American Center. Uh, while UTEP is 13 and 13 on the year, New Mexico State is 11 and 15. And like we said earlier, another team that Tech has beat by 20 earlier in the year. Yeah, 73 to 53 was your final in this game. Uh, Crawford really dominated 25 points. Bacho added 12 points and 16 rebounds. My God. <laughs> and New Mexico State kind of doesn't have the length that we have. They've got one guy at 6'10 that they tried to match up with Bacho, but he he was not up to the challenge. Um, so, I mean, again, it, it kind of seems to me like he's a big, big piece this week. And, you know, without him, maybe the team can find a way to win like they did last week. But these are better teams than um, FIU and uh, maybe not Jacksonville State, but FIU uh, definitely – not as good as New Mexico State and UTEP, and you know, in my opinion, anyway. Right. So it it would be nice to have a full roster. Um, hopefully, Sean Newman back as well. But you know, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Yeah. So like we have done in the past, we'll wait and do all our predictions at the very end. So well, let's go ahead. A lot of things to predict. Yeah, we'll just pick numbers randomly. Because next up, we have the Lady Texters who ended their five-game losing streak by beating Jacksonville State on Thursday, 61-51, to but started a new losing streak with a 68-51 to loss to FIU, uh, both those games on the road. Well, that's that's one way to put it. They started a new losing streak. Yikes. Um, I mean, it's a one-game losing streak, but it's still a streak. Yep, that's, that's fair. I don't know. This is kind of the first time in a while that the Texters have lost, like, really badly. <laughs> Right. I mean, like they they were never really in this game. I guess at halftime it was close. It was like 31 to 26 at halftime. But in the third quarter, FIU beat us 24 to nine. So not really much going for us in the second half. Um, Looking at the box score here, Paris Guillory is the only person even in double figures. I mean, 
Anwar Roberson played 18 minutes and scored zero points. I don't okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what to give you about the Texters anymore. This that's the FIU game. Uh she uh Anwar scored 17 against um Jack State in the wind. Couple couple others in double figures, Gianna Morris and Robin Lee. Um, but yeah, I mean who the, who do they have coming up? I guess UTEP and New Mexico State. Yep. And they are predicted to beat both teams. So that says a lot about those two programs. Against UTEP, the Texters are given a 62% chance to win, 68 to 63. And against New Mexico State, a 70% chance to win, 62 to 55. All right. right. (laughs) We'll see, I guess. So far, every team we've talked about is favored in all of their games. I'll take it. Yeah. It's better than not being favored, I guess. That, that That is true. Well, for baseball, I believe Tech was favored in their opening series matchup against Northern Colorado. But a sweep is never inevitable, especially when it's a four-game series. But the Bulldogs really dropped the hammer on Northern Colorado, although one of those games kind of came down to the last minute. Yeah. First of all, great to have baseball back. I mean, yeah. man, like I said, listening to Dave Nitz all weekend was uh, was pretty nice. Just going about my business, like doing yard work and stuff, and uh, just a great time. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that being said, I mean, like obviously up front, right? You win four four straight games. We're one of three teams, I think, in the country that's four and zero. So you can't you can't argue with it too much. Like we talked about last week, though, Northern Colorado was not a very good team. Not of not expected to do much this year, and at times, I think like the biggest takeaways from the weekend for me uh pitching looks great we held them to three runs two runs three runs and zero runs so we played four games didn't allow 10 runs um that's that's pretty great the bats though were not quite where i want them to be but it was february 16th you know so typically the bats heat up as the weather does but i'm still happy to see the arms in place after we really retooled the whole bullpen and and lineup and everything like that this past year so the fact that yes, it's Northern Colorado. This is not Southern Miss or or conference opponent, but it was still great to see. Of course, it could always be better, but still, like you said, I allowed less than ten runs over four games. I'll take that in college baseball, especially any day of the week. Yeah, and I mean, especially like the bullpen on this weekend was like that was like probably the biggest weakness on the team last year and uh, and this year. I mean, you look at the stat line here, like. It's there's a lot of zeros there, right? Like that's great to see, uh, you know, and obviously like stats in baseball, you know, small sample size. I know, I know, <laughs> but like last year against BYU and, and, uh, coach Burroughs talked about this, right? BYU came out and punched us in the mouth and split the series with us when we were all high and mighty thinking we were going to host another regional. Right. And so I think Northern Colorado came out and, you know, outperformed their expectations and maybe, Maybe put some fear into the guys in the locker room, um, you know, in the in the clubhouse. I mean, uh, baseball terms here. Um, but <laughs> some lockers you know, in that room. But we got we got four wins instead of splitting it two two. So you know, I don't know how you want to handle this, Nathan. Do you want to call anything out specifically from games or just? I think it's worth talking about the earlier game of the Saturday doubleheader. Really, when you play a doubleheader, you definitely want that first game to go to extras. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and that's what happened here with Tech winning on a walk-off error in the 12th inning <laughs> to win 3 to 2. I just want to point out this game in general because a walk-off error is yeah, fun, new you know, and creative. The classic uh walk-off 
you know, dribbler to third base that <laughs> with the bases loaded that the third baseman can't get to the catcher uh, for a force out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this one was one. I mean, we're held scoreless into the bottom of the eighth, right? It's two nothing. Uh, the bullpen, again, does a great job keeping us in it. But Ethan Bates, you know, came up clutch finally in the eighth inning to get us really on the board for the first time in that day in that double header. Like we didn't even have a hit until what the fourth. So, I mean, this was a game that tech just the bats were just not there until, you know, finally Ethan Bates comes up with, I think it was the first like extra base hit either team had in the entire game. <laughs> uh, maybe the only one, I guess, but yeah. Logan uh, McLeod also had a double at one point. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but, but yeah, just those two, the only two by either team in the entire game. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was frustrating at times, right? We had the bases loaded in the bottom of the 11th and couldn't get it done. We had bases loaded with one out, couldn't get the sack fly, couldn't get anything in play really that would allow a score, a pop-up, and then a a put-out at first to end the inning. You know, kind of disheartening, but then you get it done in the 12th. So, hey, at least we lived to fight another inning and, uh, and got it done. So, like I said, no real complaints. If the bats don't heat up against better opponents, though, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna lose, uh, some games. Um, but you can't go 56 and 0 without going 4 and 0, right? Yeah, that, that is true. Um, you look at the bats from this opening series, Ethan Bates leads all batters OPS of 1.285 so far on this young season, small sample size. Yes. Really what I want to point out is Will Safford has an OPS over one, but an average under 150, uh, which is <laughs> impressive to say the least. Four walks contributed to that. Four and walks a, and, and 11 plate appearances. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, yeah. He had a home run in the first game. Um, looks like Logan McLeod might have some competition for getting hit by pitches. Uh, <laughs> uh, cast and fur got hit by four pitches, including three in the first game. <laughs> Um, which is pretty, pretty wild. Um, if you remember right, the first three at bats. Yeah. Or I guess first three plate appearances. Yeah. I think he was, I think he was one for one at one point in that game with four, you know, four on bases, I guess. I, I don't know how you say that, but, uh, um, four trips to first and only one hit. Yeah. Uh, impressive stuff, I guess. Yeah. But it'll I be mean, nice. It. You know, it'll be nice to see how they respond, um, offensively this week. You know, I guess one other takeaway, like, there were a few errors in the field, you know, not the cleanest, but again, it's it's February 16th. I also want to say there were six double plays, five in the uh, first part of that doubleheader, five double plays in one game. I mean, that's incredible. I saw that listed and thought that was a mistake, but no. Yeah, you're right. That yep. was five double plays. It was like five in the first six innings. I want to say maybe seven innings. It was crazy. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of all I have. All I have to say about the baseball series. I mean. Can't argue with four wins. Um, hope the bats look a little better moving forward. And obviously hope the pitching staff can continue to look great. But it's hard to kind of gauge where we're at given the perceived quality of the opponent. I mean, yeah, we're 4-0, but everyone we beat is winless, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tech will have an opportunity to play against a team that at least has one win on the year this upcoming weekend when Kent State comes to town. Uh, mm. The Golden Flashes. I thought that was right. Yeah, but well, I had hey, to let me check. let me be on record here and say fuck Kent State. We got okay, our boy. Is this an Akron thing? Yeah, we got our we got our boy Matt correspondent Jake Altman who doesn't listen to the podcast at all. But uh, <laughs> you know, so I just got to say, uh, what time is it? Kent Reed, Kent Wright, Kent State. There we go. <laughs> it's it's fucking eight forty five, and Kent State still sucks. Um, so anyway, continue telling me about them actually. 
Yeah, well, UNC Wilmington has, I guess, showed them just about as much disrespect by beating them in two <laughs> or three games. This is expected to be a pretty good team in Wilmington, so that is an expected outcome for Kent State. Uh, their early season schedule is a doozy. Lots of road games, although that UNC Wilmington series was at home, but they don't play a team ranked in the 200s until March. So they've got a lot cut out for them, and that continues with this Bulldog team. Yeah, but I mean, Kent State last season was actually like really good. They went 40 and 16 overall, uh, finished 45th in RPI. They didn't make it into the uh, into the tournament, but really, really good season from them. 24 and 6 in the MAC and uh, 40 and 16 overall. Looks like they did most of their winning at home. 20 and 1 at home. That's really, really good. But you know that that'll kind of give you a sense. I don't know who they got back or anything like that. But, you know, like you said, Nathan, one and two last weekend opening up at North Carolina, Wil- Wilmington. I do have to tell you that they beat Akron all four times they played. Um, hey, listen, listen. Including one game that was 23 to three. Listen, I don't want to take this slander from you. Um, is it I, is it slander? Uh, libel, I guess. I, okay, I don't I'll take that. Uh, okay. Assault, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Listen, the wagon wheel this year will be coming home to my boys, the Akron's. Actually, probably not. Akron just restarted their baseball program like two years ago. So let's cut them a break. Um, Just about the the rubber ducks out there, the minor league team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there, do we know anything about Kent State baseball? Not really. It's hard to preview baseball, especially this early in the year. So I think we'll just let the results speak for themselves. Uh, They have one guy with an OPS. They only have one guy? Uh, Yeah, they have one guy. They have one guy who's got an OPS of 1.094. He's got nine at bats, three hits. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's it's early. I guess I could check last season, but I don't know if these guys are still on the team though. Yeah. Anyway, baseball. Baseball. Yeah. Massey gives Tech a 59% chance to win these games. 58%. Excuse me for rounding in the wrong direction. One score games is what they predict. Six to five, seven to six, seven to six. Uh, so, I mean, effectively, they think we'll win probably two of these three games. All right. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. So let's talk softball. Like we said earlier, when we started the show, hmm. softball had not played a game when we recorded last week, and now they've played six. Well, I mean, we also said that they hadn't lost yet. Uh, I got bad news for you. <laughs> we should have talked faster earlier. Yeah, we, sh- we should have covered them first. Um because now they're six and one, but they start out with, um, you know, obviously the rain out last weekend. They did get to play AM Corpus Christi at uh, Doc Billy's. They won that game four to one, then followed that up with a Southeastern uh, victory four to one as well. Then they go over to the Warhawk Invitational to play someone called Lindenwood. I thought that was a hotel chain. Yeah, I'm, I'm like. Uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know where that is. I think it's in Missouri somewhere. It is um, St. Charles, Missouri. And so they played sort of a split series with Lindenwood and ULM. They played two games against each. And uh, spoiler, they won all of those games. Um, eight to nothing in a run rule affair over Lindenwood, then five to two over ULM, uh, then 10 to four over ULM the next day. And the aforementioned 28 to two victory over Lindenwood, where. Uh, I mean, Nathan, we had like 10 runs before they got one of us out in the first inning. Like, it's it's, it's not good. It's not great. Uh, Their pitcher had a 168 ERA after pitching an inning and a third, 135 pitches in an inning and a third. Yeah, I mean, small sample size. Hopefully her ERA will come down. I can't imagine that it won't. 
But um, yeah, when when you're winning twenty one to one after the second inning, like or twenty one to two after the second inning, I mean, uh, you can't ask for much more than that. That's true. I'm I got sucked into their Wikipedia page. Turns yeah, out t- their football stadium was built by the Rams as a training facility. Okay. Um, they have a speaker series that includes such past speakers. I thought this was a list of alumni when I first looked at it. Um, but it includes a, the way it's said is former Nate VCL, disgraced former Missouri governor and author, and then gives the guy's name, which is just a what a way to introduce someone. I, I hope that's how he was interest, introduced for his speech on campus. Yeah, d- disgraced former governor, <laughs> governor, governor. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Um, they so, have won national championships in skeet trap and clay shooting. I don't. Uh, cool. I, I, I was trying to think of a way to. Yeah, they, they have a whole uh, list of shotgun sports. Huh. So they're good at shotgunning, but not. Uh, I got nothing. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying. Should have shotgunned a few more Gatorades before going out there and trying to compete with our Bulldog softball team. Yeah. So this 28 to 2 victory, the Bulldogs' 20 walks were the most in a Conference USA game and program record uh, for Tech the fifth most in a single game in NCAA history. Then they also set a new conference USA record for RBIs in a game with 26. So the 26 RBIs were also a program record eclipsing the previous mark of 23, which was set in a 30 to zero win over Jackson state on February 6, 2004, 28 runs the most, uh, since that 2004 and the second most all time. Yeah, we were 13 for 31 at the plate, which is, you know, what is that? Like, I don't know. Like, it's pretty good. It's like 400, probably <laughs> somewhere in there. Say it again. 13 for 31. Yeah, 420. Yeah. Four, actually, 419. I rounded up out of optimism, but then saw the next digit was a three. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got somebody going one for three with five RBIs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it was really the plate discipline that I think uh, damned the uh, Lindenwood whatevers today, the the Lindenwood disgraced former governors. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, big wins over ULM as well, obviously, uh, to round out the 6-0 and weekend, um, unfortunately, starting off this week with a loss tonight as we record. But uh, yeah. one, one last thing about softball, Brooke Melnichuk was named uh, Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. She was 2-0 and and has yet to allow an earned run in 11.2 innings pitched. 0.51 whip and a 100 batting average against. So <laughs> that's I. you can barely do better than that. So shout yeah. out to her. And we'll hope that the Bulldog softball team's success against teams from Missouri continues this weekend as they host Missouri State in a four-game series, including a doubleheader on Saturday. Missouri State is two and six on the year right now, ranked in Massey at one fifty six, so just above middle of the pack there. Uh, beating Army and one of three from Southern Miss, but losing to Clemson, Western Kentucky, Oregon, and North Carolina State. So that's four softball games, three baseball games, two women's basketball games, two men's basketball games. Yeah. In other sports news, we had the bowling team finishing tenth at the Midwinter Invitational, as I mentioned before. Um, I believe there was tennis action. Let me find that real quick. Um, the Bulldogs dropped a heartbreaker at home on the 16th. So uh, they fell four to three to Tarleton State. Uh. Not great. And they will play Grambling on Thursday at noon. Yep. 
Uh, were there any other sports? Maybe track and field? I don't know. There were no track and field events this past week, but this upcoming weekend, there will be the Conference USA Indoor Championships in Lynchburg, Virginia, um, starting on Friday and going through Saturday. So hmm. we will talk about that as much as we're able to next week. And I should have added them up when I did them before, but that's four basketball games, four softball games, and four softball three games, games, three baseball games. So 11 total events, not including tennis and the track championships. Hmm. All right. What were the chances on the basketball, the men's basketball games? Did we say those earlier? I don't think we did. Yeah, let's let's get a refresher here before we go into our totally uh, you know high stakes picks here that we never even yeah. pay attention to after the fact. Yeah, uh, UTEP that game on Thursday, seventy percent chance to win, seventy to sixty four. New Mexico State, seventy seven percent chance to win, seventy to sixty two. Man, it's hard to win on the road, so those are pretty high percentages. And then remind me, Missouri State in softball, good, not good. What are we thinking? Missouri State is predicted. Not to beat the Bulldogs in those four games, 75% chance to win for the okay. softball team. Um. All right, so I'll go first here. I'll say men's basketball, we get two wins. I'll say women's basketball, we'll split. Uh, so I'll say we beat UTEP and lose to New Mexico State. I don't know why. Just, just going with my gut here. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Kent State, I think we'll take two of the three. And then softball, I'll say we'll go three and one. So I've got three total losses. That'd be what? Eight and three. I think so. Pretty good weekend. Yeah. So I'll say we'll drop the Saturday game of the baseball, you know, set. Yeah. So I'll say the men will win both games. The women will win both games. The baseball team will sweep and the softball team will lose one. So I'm predicting a 10 and one week (laughs) for Louisiana tech. I really thought you were channeling Matt's. uh, We're going to win it all. (laughs) We're going to win it all. (laughs) I really, I really thought you were going to go there. Yeah. Not quite. Yeah. We've talked a a long time about a lot of different sports, but let's go back to basketball for this week's tweet of the week. Evan, what's this week's tweet of the week? Ah, yes. Uh, This week's tweet of the week is going to go to uh, Derek Amaya, who says, LaTeX game recap, and then it's just the meme of the guy sitting back in his chair and then sitting and then leaning forward with the video game controller. Uh, but he's photoshopped Isaiah Crawford's head onto both of the little cartoon drawings. So the fact that it's two different, yeah, Isaiah it's, Crawford it's like faces. Isaiah Crawford, like without his goggles, without his rec specs on, right? <laughs> <laughs> just like staring forward, and then the the picture when he leans forward is him with his goggles fully engaged. Uh, he is he is ready to rumble. Yeah. Great so, tweet. Tweet yep. of the week. Great tweet. You know, as we get into baseball season, right, we can't forget about basketball. We're doing really well in that arena as well. Yeah, because baseball, you play outside. That's true. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, GTPDD.dog, where you can get this month's Merch of the Month for $5 off. Speaking of basketball, it's a basketball jersey, our first jersey, and we chose basketball for some reason to be our first jersey. It pays homage to the 2005 uh, White Homes, Bulldogs, and Script, the number 24 for the year 2024. Mm. Get it now before it goes up in price in a few days. Oh it's a short God. month for February. Oh my God. How did we not talk about the new blue jerseys for baseball? Oh man, you're oh right. Oh my God. Who, like, first of all, who was like, you know, the one thing we need to improve at Tech Athletics is the baby blue jersey for baseball. It was already the best jersey we have. Yeah. 
So somebody was like, I'm going to spend my time making something that's perfect more perfect. Like, no one asked for this. However, thank you for whoever did that. It's amazing. The New Jersey. The next question. Can yeah. I have one? Next question. Can can you be in charge of making sure everything else at Tech Athletics will run smoothly? <laughs> um, and yeah, please. Whoever that person has put them in at AD, at least temporarily. Yeah. At least temporarily. Yeah. I mean, like, give give that person like a week and just be like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you're good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't you can find a picture of it. But, you know, they took the the script tech and they kind of changed it to the other script where it, it looks almost like it says Jack, but it's kind of like more old timey. Um, and then they instead of just like a white outline, they took it and it's it's got what a white interior with blue and red bevel around the letters oh my god it's so beautiful it's just and then like the tech on the sleeve my god sell me one right now like i will i will wire transfer you some money whoever has it like just give me one i don't care i'll send it western union we'll go real old school it is a great jersey and one i wish we had in our store because i would like to reap the benefits from your western (laughs) union transactions yeah Um, (laughs) but if you want to settle for the i wouldn't even say second best a jersey you can get one in our shop, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. So we, we had to wait with my car and they took it to this junkyard that was like the most like bumpkin ass like country just like scrapyard like mostly mud with like some broke down ass cars in it and uh then we and had that was wait. the main campus of ulm <laughs> damn that's good we should just end it there <laughs> you never get to hear the end of my story which nope, was that basically was just that Matt's mom's friend came and got us and took us to like the nicest house I've ever been to. And it was like two minutes away from this country pumpkin ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's Monroe for you. And that's Monroe. Uh, yeah. But honestly, you should probably just cut it and put the end of the story. Yeah. as the, as the outro. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking funny.